Welcome, guys, to another episode of the Christian Buddy Podcast. I'm here with Angus. How's your day going? Amazing, mate. Amazing. How's your been? Pretty cruisy at the moment. Um, I, th- I thought I'd just jump straight into the, into the show, and I want to ask you the question: How would your what, what's what's one? How would your friends describe you in in one word? What's the first word that would come to your mind? Enthusiastic would be the word that had come to mind. Um, I'm definitely, I'm definitely the, the boy in the group that uh, leads by the charge and is the team leader and is enthusiastic about everything. Um, yeah. And definitely I'm not quiet about the things I believe in. So yeah, I would definitely say enthusiastic, um, sum it up in one word. And um, there's a heap of other synonyms you could use, vivacious, stuff like that, um, and boisterous even. Um, but yeah, I think enthusiastic's the, uh, the best. The best word to just how I would be described, I would should say. No worries. Oh, that's that's awesome. And I noticed a few Star Wars posters in the background. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, nah, a little, little bit of a. Oh, it's not a shrine, but a little bit of a worship. <laughs> um, no, nah, I love my love my film and love my TV and that sort of stuff. I try and keep in touch with all the media and stuff like that. So they're up there, and it's just a it's one part of all my. Uh, things that I try and do and um, end up doing. Oh, very nice. No, that's awesome. Uh, and which, which was your favorite episode? Is it, um, oh, it? It'd be tough. It'd be tough. Um, it's tough to say, not to say Empire, episode five. It's, uh, it's very good. It's a classic. Um, the Return of the Jedi, episode six. It's got, it's got everything. Um, it's got, good fights it's got love it's got comedy it's got it all and it concludes the series so i reckon uh, episode six my favorite but closely episode five because i've got this feeling that they're almost destroying the franchise uh they're, they're trying to reboot the franchise and and make a bit of money off it uh yeah, you know wholeheartedly. It's, yeah it's a kind of a disrespect to the to the legacy in a way so yeah, yeah. then as soon as disney bought the company i was a bit worried and the first one that they made uh the force awakens episode seven it was actually it was although it was a rehash of the past um couple of movies it was actually a good film and you could sit down you could see the story and you could see where it was going but episode eight i just completely got off the rails Uh, the change of the director in disney's mind and the, the clash with the lucas film and stuff like that i think is um is where it's got off track and they've just had to make up for themselves in episode nine. So I, yeah, I do reckon that it was ruined. Right. Ruined. Wow. That's a, all right. Um, do you have any favorite movies to, that come to mind? Um, first off, um, the first thing that had come to mind, it's a recent film um, and it did cause a lot of controversy, but Joker was a, 20, oh. yeah, it was a 2019 film, I think from memory. Yeah. Um, and it was Joaquin Phoenix. Um, and it was this exploration into mental illness and stuff like that. And I really, really liked how they did it. And from the, because I'm a bit of a superhero fan and I, the joke is a really good character and it's got such a diverse background. If you look at the, the heritage of the character, it's so, it's so unanimous. Oh, not unanimous. Sorry. It's just so murky. Um, and to put a movie to that name and, to have it so eerie and the soundtrack just working perfectly with it. And Joker would definitely comes to mind as a favorite film. 
Um, but and then the, the classics, um, a lot of classics, The Godfather, stuff like that. They just spring to mind, and um, I love that. Love that sort of film. Old Old Hitchcock is a personal favorite as well. Psycho, The yeah, Birds, right. love that sort of stuff. Yeah, right. I've um, I've kind of always been a fan of The Matrix, and uh, I'm I'm always a kind of fascinated with the mind consciousness and. And I appreciate how the Matrix portrays this, yeah, this crazy out of body, if you will, like experience. Yeah. yeah. So sure. that's uh, yeah. I mean, but with the joke, yeah, with the joke. I mean, I, I I watched I watched that. I went to the cinemas and watched that. Yeah, it's pretty dark. It's it's a pretty um, it's a pretty dark movie. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh. And you're into a bit of improv as well. Yeah, yeah, no, a little bit of improv. I've done, um, I've done a little bit of improv here and there and a little bit of stand-up here and there and written some stuff um, and, try to, and try to make a laugh out of a lot of things. Sometimes it doesn't work, but sometimes it does. Um, but, yeah, no, I love, love being the bloke that can make someone laugh. Um, I thought this, I'd kind of change it up a little bit and I've never really done this on the podcast, but I'm, I've got a, I've got an improv generator. Um, oh, no. <laughs> um, bear with me for a second. I'm just, yeah, sure thing. Up. so how does it sound this? So if I give you a few scenarios, we just go off the cuff and uh, maybe I do one, you do one and we'll see how it goes. Sure thing. All right. I'll just share my screen. Um, all right. So is that come up on your side there? Yeah. Got it perfectly. Yep. All right. Easy. Uh, so I'm guessing I just, I just click on these like scenario and then it comes up with something here. Does that, do you kind of get the idea? Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, I can. I can definitely try. <laughs> All right. Um, I've never done something like this before. All right. How about you go first, so I can get the gist of it. All right, I'll go first. So um. Right. I'll I'll click out these these buttons here, and I'm just going to follow whatever the description is. So scenario. Okay, buying contraceptives. Emotions, calm, environment, wax museum, genre, film, slasher movie, lines, I have a better idea. All right. So I'm just going to try and put put all this into one idea now. Um, (laughs) um, This is really weird. All right. Uh, So... all right so i have a better idea i'm gonna buy some contraceptives and then i'm going to tie it up in a knot and i'm gonna slip his knot and i'm gonna try and kill him but wait i shouldn't try and kill him that way i should try and throw him under the bus yeah that's right yeah, I'm going to throw him under the bus. <laughs> uh, 
right. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what that looked like, man. But um, I'm just going with the right flow. At the flow at the moment. <laughs> oh God. Um. Oh, what do we got? Right, I. Do you want, all right. Space. I'll. I'll, I'll uh, should we give it a shot? I'll. I'll yeah, to, give yeah. it a shot. Let's see how it goes. All right. So, scenario: first day in a new job. Emotion shallow. Environment gymnasium. Genre cookery program. And lines. What's that? Oh my god. That's a stinker. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, holy dooly. I don't even know what to do. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that's ridiculous. First day at a new job, shallow. Well, I could either be doing a new job at a gymnasium or doing a new job at a cookery program. And I'm also shallow. Oh my God. Nah, you've stumped me here. You've stumped should, me here. Should, should we do a new one or? Yeah, let's do a new one. Let's, right. see, let's see if we can do it. Uh, this, this, this was actually the best generator that I can find. The rest are, are even worse than this. So That was um, a stinker. Uh, scenario, women at home when husband returns home late. Uh, all right. Oh, should we, <laughs> am I skipping that one? Do you want to skip that one? Yeah, let's skip that one. All right. Let's give it one more crack. One more crack. A just finished decorating with B. Oh, it's two person. Uh, oh, yeah, two per. All right, one more, one more. One more, all right. Lucky last. Ah, this is... We can work with that. We can work with that. Brave. Environments. Cave. Disaster movie. Was that what I think it was? Right, I visiting the doctor. Brave cave. He's asking, me, is that what I think it was? Um, okay. I, I, t I tell you what. After after the tsunami, it's just it's just so it's just such bedlam. I mean, the doctors are in caves. The hospitals are in houses. It's ridiculous. And I've, I've got to act brave. It's the family. I've got, to, I've got to be up there. I've got to be strong. I've got to be powerful. But I've got, to, I've, got to, I've got a lump on my breast and I really need to get it checked. But I need, I need to be brave. I need to be strong. strong. <sighs> breathe, breathe, breathe. Was that what I think it was? What is that? Another, another person? A woman? Wow. People survived? Uh, that's all I got. It's been a while. It's been a while. That's, that's that's great that's 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 awesome uh so yeah i thought i would do something different i thought how can i make this podcast interesting you know i i kind of zone out a little bit when when it's just two-way dialogue and uh you know i don't know i'm a fan of joe rogan and all these type of podcasts but i thought let's try something different let's try something a bit creative so yeah, I just thought it's thanks good to break the ice. It's good. It's a good thing to break the ice. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, <laughs> that was my first time doing improv. Well, I, I'm kind of I like to muck around with my mates, but I've never really done it seriously. So uh, yeah, right. Yeah. No, it's been a while. The uh, the COVID with COVID and everything, it's been a it's 
been a while since I've done that sort of stuff. Yeah. It, it really gets you out of your shell as well, I guess, I feel. Um... Oh, it really does. It really does. And I, I find that it's definitely a niche sort of entertainment, but the people who like the, it's, the people like to hate on it is the people that can't really do it and can't open their mind up to it. And I think that's the stuff like that. It's not an exercise to, uh, to show how good you are at something. It really is to break the ice and to get a feel of what the other person's like and um, stuff like that. So I, re- I really think that's uh, was a good thing to do. Cool. Yeah, that's awesome. And I'm, I'm curious with the, with the whole comedy side. Uh, so you've done in front of audiences before and yeah. Yep. Cool. And yeah. do you want to expand on that? I'm, I'm curious about yeah, that. Sure. Yeah, sure. So I've, I've grown up as a musician and I'm always in used to being in front of audiences. And it was a couple of years back that I stumbled on Joe Rogan as we touched on and the, his, his sort of side of the comedy world and uh, com- comedians like Tom Segura and Burt Kreischer and these sort of people that can make a living off making people laugh. And I really, really got involved in that. So I'd find myself at open mics and just watching people, how they do it and seeing people give reactions to jokes and funny sayings and funny stories. And that's, and it really captured me because I can tell a story or I can tell something or I can express myself and get laughs and, and that's what I'm really all about. I'm enthusiastic and like to get a crowd involved and stuff like that. And it really just appealed to me and I'm doing comedy on the side and it's not definitely not a job, but I love to do open mics and I love to write some sort of stuff and like to experiment and that sort of thing. And, and um, comedians such as Tim Minchin, who is an Australian from Perth and um, people like that, I really listen to and um, praise really because yeah. what they do and how the way to get laughs from people is incredible and i'd love to really love to get involved in that sort of thing yeah actually the main types of jokes i've been around are a lot of dad jokes so uh, i think my comedy game is not at your level but you know i'm i'm, I'm working at it at the moment you know so it's yeah it's, it's pretty yeah no, dad it's level good jo- fun. It, yeah it's good fun whatever level whatever le- yeah i think comedy is that is that definitely it's that icebreaker and it's the way to yeah it's just it's just a release almost and you're almost you're enjoying life you're just you're in the moment and yeah you're just you're just really you're just enjoying life that's all i can say yeah. about it yeah wholeheartedly wholeheartedly and when you share it with friends and family it's a beautiful thing to see and i've never been like i've heard that when you when you make people laugh there's no nothing greater than that like as you as you said before yeah uh so i've actually thought i've thought about doing it but how how would you write content i guess how what's is do you have a process you go through or yeah so what i i what i do is i think of it if i don't have a story i think of a story or something funny as a base as a key sort of idea. So it's the same as writing a song, really. Um, you start with the central idea of wanting to write about a walk at a park or you want to write about a breakup, for example, something like that. And then you spur from the idea of, well, what in relation to that idea is in the comedy aspect, funny, what could be deemed as funny. And you brainstorm topic, I brainstorm topics and I write them all down. And then 
I try and forge a story and not with timing, not with language. And I just write the story and I envision this all happening and I write funny things and I write a full story on a word document. And then I step back and I read it and I read it and I read it and I go, okay, well, let's shorten it. Let's get really precise and then let's get timing down. So is there fluff here? Is there fluff there? And it's really just getting a big overall story and refining because you, you are going to have, um, points of genius whilst you're writing it. It's not going to all come out at once. Yeah. Um, so it's really, it's really working it um, and refining it and refining it and refining it because you don't want to be fluffing around with a 10 minute set um, with people that are waiting for the punchline. You want to say what it's going to, you want to say something that's going to make sense and then make them laugh. Um, and the, so people struggle with writing comedy in the sense that, it has to be funny. Well, I wholeheartedly agree and definitely agree with that, but it's also so many other things. It's language, it's timing, it's body language, it's facial expressions, it's volume. Um, and that's all things that you work out in front of a crowd. Um, I would personally, if I was going to write my first sort of stuff and want to perform at an open mic, I would think of a story that is funny to me, not that would be funny to the audience, funny to me and write about it in my style. And then rehearse it, rehearse it and cut down the fluff and then just do it in front of an audience. It's not going to be great the first time. It's not going to be great the second time, but you're going to get re responses from the audience. If you wanted to laugh at this line, you didn't. Well, you've got to go back and change that. If you've got to laugh at this point with these couple of words, you know, oh, oh so using alliteration here or emphasizing these words gets laughs and blah, 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 blah. So it's, it's really useful to write something and then refine it through the use of the crowd. Have you had any uh, bad experiences? I guess people not laughing or. Yeah. Bombings. Bombing bombings out? the worst. Yeah. Um, I've only been around for sort of 18 months, two years. Uh, and with COVID as well, I've been lucky enough to escape to rural New South Wales for a little bit. And there's been open mics up here around the, um, around the area and, yeah, bombing bombing out is one of the worst feelings you can ever have. It's just a gutless feeling and it's a feeling that you can't escape. Um, there are lights on you and you are the centre of attention till you walk off that stage. Um, and it's the exact same as playing a wrong note in a symphony that you can all hear or something like that. It's mm. a bottomless feeling and your head gets hot and you think it all work and you put your time and effort in and it just doesn't work. Um, but to me, that's a, that's a fire under the arse and... Um, lights me to um, go make stuff and go refine it. Oh, that's awesome. That's yeah. That's awesome to hear. Yeah. Comedy. Yeah. Comedy is a difficult one. Like psycho from a psychological point of view, it's a difficult thing to, you can't analyze it. Can you? Because once you, t once you take it apart, I, like, I guess I, I'm saying like humor, like once you take it apart, it's no longer humor anymore. It's, it's, it's this rational, you know, you're trying to rationalize it, but yeah, I guess that's the beautiful thing about comedy and humor. It's, it's just, you're present, you're, you're present in the moment and you're just enjoying. Yeah. I guess, yeah, it's, you're just enjoying the, the joke as it is. So yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. an awesome thing. Yeah. Most definitely. And it's, it's the, uh, it's, it's really an art form. It's not people getting, behind a microphone and making people laugh. It's really a lot of talent. Um, and if, if you didn't know what you were looking for, you would miss it. 
um, the people that are in the comedy store in Los Angeles and the people who are working the bars and touring are timing down to the millisecond and they know when it's going to laugh and they know what to do and they know mm. where to say things. And it really, it really is interesting to watch to see a master at his, at his or her work. Um, and you learn so much from it. You really do. It's, it's really a type of training. Um, your mind will go, Oh, he's done that. He's done that. Well, why don't I copy it? It's, it's of uh, music and comedy really go tan in tandem. Um, it's a lot of copying and a lot of mocking people to find your own thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of like to the untrained eye, you, you can't really see what's happening, but to someone like yourself, you, you can actually pick up all the nuances around that. And yeah, it's, it's pretty cool when you think about it. Um, yeah, most definitely. Most definitely. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's, it's a, I think it's a sadly dying out industry. Um, 10 years ago, comedy sort of reigned supreme um, with the introduction of, well, Rogan started out in 2003, 2004 professionally, uh, but he was doing comedy way before that. And the people that started with him, um, as I said, Tom Segura, uh, Bert Kreischer, Bill Burr, these sort of comedians have really brought it back onto the scene because they're really involving the 21st century. Um, a perfect example of this would be Bert Kreischer has got a piece called the, um, the Russian mafia story. And it's, it's a viral, it's a viral, viral YouTube that I would viral YouTube clip, sorry, that I would highly recommend watching. And it's, it's a real piece of art and it's showing how you can bring the world world into a story and make it funny and go viral. Um, he's got a career from that video. Um, and it's things like that. It's little nuances, as you said, and those little things that just can create a spark to uh, light the bushfire to start a career. Yeah, that's, it's, it's a pretty crazy thing these days. And with comedy, yeah, I guess, I guess there's different styles of comedy and, you know, taking the piss, you know, I think these days I'm not sure how, how people respond to that. I feel like, I don't want to say we're soft. I don't want to use that word, but I'd say to a certain degree we've developed, we haven't, we haven't got that thick skin or, or, or I guess the general population, I know it's a big statement to make, but I guess the general population haven't yeah. developed that thick skin. And I think that's what humor does. You know, you're taking the piss out of someone. You just, you're just having a, yeah. you're just having a laugh, right? You, you just, you know, I think it's good to go through that to not take yourself so seriously and just go with, go with the punches, go with the flow yeah. of what's happening. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. It's, it really shows, it really shows a commentary into social life, um, stand-up comedy, and, um, even mockery in movies and stuff like that and things to make you laugh. It really does shine sort of a, a weird approach to a vox populace on an opinion. Um, and that's why I think it's so popular. Uh, and that's why I think so many people go to the comedy festival in Melbourne and stuff like that, because they're, they're going to hear about issues that have affected them and the comedy festival god forbid is gonna go ahead this year and i think there's going to be a lot of covid jokes um because of that so i it'll be interesting to see what happens are you going there are you uh yeah no i will be going there i will be going there um with uni i'm studying uh, a breadth subject i'm currently doing a music degree in melbourne um starting this year and my breadth 
subject is stand-up comedy. So I'm going to be learning about how to write it for screen and learning how to write it and the history of it. And um, it's I'm very lucky in the sense that there is a chance that I'll get a um, a little spot somewhere in a dingy club for the comedy festival. Um, so fingers crossed. But no, I'm always always at the gala and always at the great debate. And hopefully those things go ahead this year. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And yeah, I guess, I mean, you got to start somewhere, I guess it's, yeah, you're getting your foot in the door, I guess there at that, at that point. And so how's you were, you, you're in your final year of high school. So how was that been with coronavirus? I would have changed the yeah. whole game, no doubt. It's changed. Well, it's changed the world. So, yeah, yeah. So I was, I was in um, boarding school in year twelve, and I went to boarding school in Melbourne in at Melbourne Grammar. Um, so it was a really, really prestigious school, and we were looking forward to a great twenty twenty. Uh, the band of boys were really together, and we were all one. And the first couple of months were really good. We were all having great fun and spirits were really high going into the first sort of round of sacks they're called which are mini exams for the vce that count towards your study score in a minimal margin um and then yeah i can i can remember talking to my uh my girlfriend at the time and she said this coronavirus thing it's it's in the media a bit and that was about late february and little did we know six weeks later we'd be plunged into lockdown nationwide um yeah. so we thought that the first lockdown would be the end of it i um i escaped the border closure and got up back to home in regional new south wales and didn't have to self-isolate which was good and just like we're doing now i had zoom classes for six weeks and had exams and tests and assignments all through zoom um and it really it really took a strain on even the strongest mental health um i it's it's sad that a lot of a lot of younger people in melbourne especially with the second lockdown which i'll touch on later um committed suicide um mm. it really it really got to them and it's it was completely normal for the time we were so so close and we were so eager to finish our final school year um and it i don't want to sound like I'm um, uh, a brat or anything. And there's definitely bigger things happening in the world. But at the time it did feel like it was reaped away from us. Um, we didn't know what was going to happen. Um, it was, it was a serious time. And from there we sort of got together and we'd organize footy sessions on zoom and we'd have beers together on a Friday night. So we'd still be together and as much as we could. Um, so God forbid the first lockdown ended and we got back to school. It was really good. We were there for another two weeks and then uh, Dan Andrews shut it on us. So those, those two weeks, it was really, really a weird time in my life. Personally, the, the boarding house, which I was in was complete confinement. Um, and every, every person in there was at an all time low. Um, it was right in the time where, work was starting to really ramp up in year 12 mm. finishing finishing uh your first unit unit three um and there's tests and there's sacks and there's it's all happening and the boarding house really it was you were either in your room or hanging out in the kitchen socially distant 
or you at school with a mask on. There was no going to exercise. There was no going to kick the football. There was no going to play pool with your mates in the, in the playrooms. It was, you were in your room or you were socially distant or you were at school and it really took a toll on, yeah, as I said, mental health and spiritual well-being. You really being alone for that point of time um, and that amount of time, it really opened me up to a, a whole new world of ha- sh- teaching myself how to relax and how to stop panic attacks. And I really, really got into meditation and calming myself and getting eager for the next day, but also learning how to sleep and breathe properly. Um, so those two weeks, yeah, I can distinctly remember it was midnight one night and our boarding master was walking around trying to wrangle all the kids that weren't in bed in bed and he bags under his eyes and he'd the worst he'd ever looked and we'd have all bags under our eyes and sleep deprived and the next day we turn on the tv and there's 900 cases 700 800 900 cases um so we we it was a really distinct moment in the sense that we all got sat down who was in the boarding house and they said you have 24 hours to get home. Um, it is out of our control now. You just click the screen and go. Um, and I was very unlucky in the sense that I had to self-isolate. And both my parents uh, have very social jobs, a, a vet and a stock agent here. Yep. And they're both in contact with people. And I had to be locked in my own section of the house for 14 days. Um, which was again a very very big toll on myself and really expanded my horizons on spirituality and well-being and learning how to be one with myself and sleeping properly and all that and we were back to zoom um but yeah the the trademark year 12 events and things like that we didn't get and the social aspect of year 12 we didn't get and it, it really I don't know any difference, so I can't complain. That was my year 12. Um, I know uh, people from outside of my year are saying, oh, I feel so sorry for you, but it is what it is. And I made the most of it. And although it was very tough mentally and physically and spiritually, um, we got through it. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a traumatic time. And yeah, my heart goes out to yourself and a lot of other people who have Uh, been through that such a traumatic experience and you mentioned about uh, meditation and 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 spiritual growth and the one thing that comes to my mind is that i I consider myself quite a meditator i'm kind of drawn to that aspect of life this spiritual side of things and yeah i guess the mind can either be your best friend or your worst enemy and if you're around your mind the if you're around the, your mind for so long, then yeah, you start to, I guess, yeah, you start to go mad in, in a sense because your normal life is you've got hobbies, you've got things, you, you've got things on the go, always doing something. And then when that's shut down and you're just forced to deal with, yeah, your mind, and then it's, it's a crazy time. It's a crazy experience. 
yeah. I want to bring, yeah, I want to bring it back to meditation because you touched on that before. And I'm a deep yeah. believer that meditation is, is for, you know, is for sharpening your mind and sharpening your soul. Uh, like I'm a big, I'm a, cause I play a bit of competitive tennis and I know myself, tennis is a mental game. And if I'm at my hundred percent mental best, then I know I yeah. can, I can play better. So yeah. Yeah. Wholeheartedly. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm very much the same. I found myself being able to study more efficiently and being able to focus in classes when I'd sit down for 15 minutes. So I'm very lucky in the sense that I was around that sort of stuff from a very young age. My, my grandparents um, on my mother's side are both very, very spiritual and meditative people um, and have written books about it. And wow. um, he beat cancer through meditation and Ian Gawler, Ian and Ruth Gawler are their names. And um, they've What's the really, book really, um, uh, the book is called blue sky mind is one of them. Um, Ian Gall is his name. Um, blue sky Mind's one of his newest ones, but there's yeah. an autobiography and all that sort of thing. Um, and they've just released an app, um, called alleviate, which is a really good app in the sense that they've published it global. Um, and it really t- focuses on mental strain. So they've got meditations for rapid anxiety decrease and can't sleep and things like that. And it was things like that that really opened me up to it. And I found myself not needing the app after a while because I knew what to do. Um, When I'd find myself struggling for an assignment, I'd sit back in my chair and just breathe for 15 minutes and I knew what to do and then I'd be good to go. Um, I really, yeah, I really do believe that the mind, as you said, best and worst enemy. Yeah. It really is. And it really can be an advantage to you if you want to get him above people. Um, but it also could decrease your chances of succeeding. Do you want to touch on uh, this, this, this word anxiety? I feel like it's, it's gained popularity in the last 10 to 15 years. I've never quite understood the full extent to what, what, what is anxiety, right? It's, is it a, a mental disturbance or is it, what's your definition how would you define your your version of anxiety so my my definition of anxiety would probably just be not overly paranoid but definitely over cautious of something that could cause a domino effect um and that's and that's in my case um i'm always anxious about things and overthinking things for for me um overthinking and, and anxiety go hand in hand. Um, I really find myself getting anxious and worried about things that could happen or won't happen instead of the things that will and should. Um, and that it's, it, and people call that pessimistic and I wholeheart definitely agree. Um, and I'm very disregarded in that sense that I definitely look on that side of life and I take my anxious thoughts and let them influence me. And it wasn't until I found meditation and stuff like that, anxiety and things like that, with, that aren't popularized, popular, oh, sorry, can't even talk um, in the media, things like that. And I, it's very different for every person. And for a doctor to write about anxiety, it's great. Um, and it really would help someone and probably helps a lot of people. But I think you'd have a different version for me and the person next to me wouldn't. My family would and your family would and we'll we'll all experience it 
And it's a matter if your brain can cope with it or it either depends on it or needs it, which I know a lot of people are like that, need crave the demand of things and need to be under pressure or the exact opposite. Yeah. I want to touch into the sporting world and I see from the tennis world, I see a person like Rafael Nadal. You see such a, such a champion. Uh, I'm not sure if it's anxious or it's perfectionism. I think they, they, they are, so they kind of interlink together, but if you kind of see his preparation throughout the game, you see he's trying to, he's fixing his bottle. He doesn't step on lines. So he's, I don't know if you call that anxious, but it's more of a, I guess it's a perfectionism. It's a superstitious. Mm. And I guess to a degree, all, all the greats, no matter what field, I think they all have that, that they're always double thinking. They're always, you know, they're always trying to stay two steps ahead. And I think if you look at a person that doesn't have that anxiety or doesn't have that, uh, you know, they're not double checking themselves, then what, where are they in life? You could ask that question. Where are those people in life compared to the people that are making sure everything is going smoothly, right? So, yeah, yeah. It's, I guess it's just a side, it's just one of those things that happens, I guess, and you got to deal yeah. with it as best you can. Yeah. 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 I, and I, you see the um, sporting world get overtaken by meditation now. Um, a lot of a lot of pro athletes will have started doing it um, because they know it's an advantage. They know that they can calm themselves and get ready for a sport. Um, I take example of the Essendon Football Club. Um, I'm not an Essendon man, but every time last year um, before a game, they'd all sit down as a team and meditate in the centre square. Um, I can remember that clear as day, um, and they were criticised for it. But I mean, I'm gonna take the piss a little bit they're a crap team but they played well last year they played well um and i don't know if that's coincidence i don't know if that's coincidence um but other teams are going i know west coast does it now um and i can Mm -hmm. definitely see um physiotherapists and those other people around the club linking into other fields such as the mind and the soul and the body Mm. to relate it all back um I think that's all that's all going to be happening very soon. I think you'll find that the the trainers and everything the bandage boys even will know that the club does this and how it affects this and I think it'll all really come full circle especially in the game of AFL. Yeah, if I mean if we reflect back into history we can see you know all these eastern philosophers all these all these guys you know they had they had these these processes for the mind. And now I get, I feel like the Western societies like Australia, America, we're, we're kind of a bit, we're lagging behind, uh, you know, and then we see like a lot of science being uh, back, backing up meditation and it's such a great thing, right? It's, it's, I, I swear by it. So it's, it's one of my daily practices. I, I wake up, I meditate for maybe five, 10 minutes in the morning and I feel like it just stabilizes my mood, just stabilizes, um, yeah, everything about my day. So that's something that I would recommend for anyone, uh, anyone listening yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's something that you can definitely unlock powers that you don't think you didn't have 
And although that sounds mystical and to someone who doesn't know that sort of stuff and um, doesn't believe in it, I really praise, well, not praise, sorry, plead them to just try it, do a week and see how you feel. Um, I've gotten mates who have been in the draft this year and uh, at pro levels of sport and other things to, to try it and they've all, all reaped rewards from it. If there's anyone listening that hasn't tried it nor, or skeptic about it, I would try it. And if meditation's not for you, there is other ways about it. Yoga is a perfect example. Yeah. Um, just focusing in on the spiritual side of the body and being one with yourself for just a little bit. And in a day and age where we've got so many distractions and especially in lockdown, we've got so many screens and earphones and laptops. Um, it's really good to just focus on yourself for a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. And I guess what is it? Do you have a, are you, you seem like a uh, very active person. I mean, you, you're playing footy and do you have any other, any things to keep fit or to stay sharp? Is there any other? Um, I, I always try to challenge myself with, um, with mind games. And one of the, one of the most recent things were teaching myself how to do the Rubik's cube. Um, oh. that, that was a, that was a thing of mine that I've wanted to do. And, um, I've been wanting to do it for a while and been teaching my brain how to do it. And I've got it down to about a minute now. And I just want to, want to get it down there. And I've been enjoying that and really teaching myself algorithms and memorizing patterns and stuff like that. Um, and then on the physical aspect, I, I'm not the biggest, biggest, uh, physical person. I, um, have just, just only started to try to get in shape after, after both lockdowns I put a little bit of weight on and I've always had a little bit of a tummy. Um, but yeah, um, as in runs and I'll always hit the gym once or twice a week and just yeah. to, just to say, stay normal, not obese, not shredded, but just stay in the healthy, healthy bracket. Healthy bracket. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, it's definitely, I think it goes hand in hand, the mind and the body. You keep what, yeah, you kind of, you, it's just a, a maintenance aspect of it. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I saw this guy, I was watching this guy, a Rubik's cube marathoner and he would, I think he was running, he was running something like two, two or three marathons while solving Rubik's cubes. And he, and he was, he was like, a, he was already a master at solving Rubik's cubes and he was just knocking them off one by one while running a marathon. Like he's just a freak. He's that's not a human. Yeah. It's just, so that's the, that, that's the capability of the mind. I think once you, once you really understand that we are limited, I, I believe anyway, that we are limitless and to a certain degree we are limitless, but you know, you've got to remain on that pathway of self-development. Yeah. I'm a big believer of yeah. self-development. Yeah. Big believer of that. And, and it's, uh, I, I think also it's, um, it's keeping sharp. It's, it yeah. really is. And learning new things. Um, you've always got to be busy, whether that's small things or big things, whether you've got a big task at work or you've got a small thing, like you want to write a song for yourself. Um, the brain, if you want to get sharp, you always need to be doing something. And yes, you need to have rest, but always try to challenge yourself. Um, if you want to, if you're going for a run and you think, well, a K will do me, I do a K and a half. Um, things like that are just, just test yourself. Um, and if you fail, you've learned something about yourself. 
And if you succeed, well, you've gained a new skill or you've probably got a upgraded skill and you can use that in life. Um, and that's on a mental and physical basis. Um, I know, for example, the Rubik's cube um, is in, highly increased my levels of spatial awareness. Mm. Um, just from learning how to do it. I know that I can not see things with my eyes, but know that there's three red cubes on the back, it's things like that. Um, and it's, it's learning and teaching the brain how to do those sort of things and to really teach it different things. Um, like learning a new instrument, for example, that keeps it sharp and keeps it going. And really, I think you keep, keeps you focused. Well, me personally, um, if I'm not doing something, I find myself wandering. Yeah, there's there's something amazing about playing an instrument. It's yeah, there's just something pure about it. Playing an instrument, and if you you develop that skill, you know, if you see someone playing a piano and they're just shredding it. They well, not shredding it, but you know, they just they're just killing it. Yeah, there's yeah. it's it's cool. It's it's awesome to like a live live music is is awesome to watch. You know, I, I yeah. There's a there was a jazz band actually playing near my place, and I just sat down, chilled out and just enjoyed whatever the music is just an yeah. awesome experience, you know? Yeah, definitely. And, and music, um, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, I was, I was just going to say that the power of live music is, is very underrated, especially in these times. And I, walking past a live music can literally brighten a day. Um, and I'm very lucky in that sense that I am studying jazz. I've expanded my horizon store, that sort of music. And, listen to a lot of different stuff and we've seen firsthand how busking even in the Burke street mall can brighten someone's day. The PVC instrument, instrument bloke or something oh. wacky. It just brings us, it brings a smile to someone's yeah. face and it does make their day. Yeah. Um, and that's what I think Melbourne struggled a lot in this lockdown as a as side tangent. We're so artsy and we're so crafty and we're so live and we're so social. And it just got completely stopped, halted, um, and that's why I think Melbourne really struggled in the in the in the lockdown for Victoria. Um, but as you said, going and just seeing live music really can just settle yourself. It's yeah. it's a really just a reset, um, especially with that sort of music, jazz. Um, it's not everyone's cup of tea. It really isn't. Um, but music that you don't have to think about, you don't have to think about meaning of the lyrics you don't know where the melody's going you don't know who's going to take a solo it's things like that that really really are good for the mind yeah i've been getting my spotify playlist at the moment it's 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 got all the old soul class i'm getting into the playlist the old soul uh, uh you know the the slow old soul music and that's awesome dude that's it just it's so different to because i'm I'm a bit of a um, doof doof guy, you know, I'm listening to house electronic trance and all these things, but then I'll, I'll change it up when I want to slow, slow it down a little bit. I'll, I might, I might play a bit of soul music and, and that's, that's really uplifting for, for my, for my, for my soul. It's, it's, yeah. Yeah. It's just such um, a contrast. Yeah. Yeah. The power of music, I'm telling you. <laughs> um, it's, it's, crazy how you can see a dj light up a room with 500 a thousand people with just bass and hi-hat and snare and 
um, just a basic melody under it. And then you go five Ks across town to a dance hall and there's people dancing the jazz. Um, it really is the power of music and it does, it does shape lives and does shape livelihoods. Um, I'm really, really hoping to get into that scene. I'm doing DJing at the moment and have been for a while and I'm hoping gigs come my way for, for the um, jazz aspect of things. And I really just believe that there you, you have a passion in life and my, the mind knows what it is. Um, of course, you're going to hit bumps on the road and you're going to hit curves and different waypoints and different doors. Um, but you've always got to follow your heart and you're always going to follow your passion. Um, I have been told multiple times by people that life is short. Um, so make the most out of it. Be yourself. Um, be self-centered and live like you're only going to live once. Because as far as we know, we do. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And I guess, how can we make the world a better place, right? I'm trying to help. I guess you, as we mentioned, you know, you were donating blood. And I think if you do small things throughout the day to help society, to help the community, I think, yeah, man, it's just, it's about giving back, you know, sometimes we get stuck in the ego. Sometimes we get stuck in, Oh, me, me, me. I want to do something, you know, but sometimes it's good to reverse that. And what can I do for, for this person? How can I help this person? I think that's such a good mindset to be in, especially yeah. the times we're in now at the moment. And to add on that, those times, I think these tough times that we've been through has actually strengthened the community. Even if we don't know it, there's that saying, there's that idea that if, if, if a team goes through a hard time with, they kind of bond and grow together. I think Melbourne yeah. in, in a sense has, has bonded subconsciously and we've, we've yeah. kind of grew together, you know, yeah. through the, through social media, everyone's, you know, whether we like to know it or not, I think we have. And yeah, I mean, in the next one or two years, I can see us, you know, definitely out of this coronavirus and yeah. into yeah, more positive times. Yeah. Yeah, no, we've just got to hope that people get this vaccine. Um, yeah. Are you yeah, big on the, of, what's your idea? And Are you skeptical about the vaccine or? I am so eager to get this vaccine. Okay. I will be with bells on to go get it. Um, and there's reasoning behind that. And I've had multiple conversations with people my age and um, my parents' age and then my grandparents' age. And the underlying basis of the people adulthood and 30 40 upwards is well i'm just gonna let some people get it and then we'll see i'm, a, I'm just a bit skeptic it was a bit quick for me um and, and that's their argument and that's completely fair and i'm not gonna i'm not gonna tell anyone to change their argument um but it's like mask wearing it really is you're not doing it for yourself you're doing it for the the people around you and the people my age um haven't lived their lives uh, the people under me, the 15, the 16 year old, um, I'm currently 18. We, we want to have a, a normal quote unquote normal, um, experience. If that makes sense. Um, I'm a musician. I, I can't do what I love until herd immunity takes place. Um, I'm very much in the sense that I will be getting it and I'm not going to force anyone to get it. And I'm not going to share my opinions 
on Facebook and spread it to the medias and go crazy about it. Um, I just want to go live my life. I was supposed to go to New York this year. Um, I was supposed to do an internship over there and really just live the life of music and see where I can get up to um, in that sort of area. And it really has taken a toll on me and made me look at life a different way. And that's why I'm going to be getting it with bells on, as I said. Yeah, that's uh, that's awesome to hear. That's really that's really awesome to hear because we just want to get back to. I guess we just want to get back to normality, some sense of normality at this stage. Yeah. Yeah, I think it'll be. I think it'll be COVID normal for a while. Um, I think the, I think the socially distant concerts at the Sydney My Music Bowl will stay for a little bit, um, and I think the masks will be here for a little bit longer as well. Yeah, but. I think I think we should be seeing results by September. I do think, yeah, um, because the the Pfizer vaccines are getting rolled out late February to the to the healthcare workers and the elderly. So, if all goes to plan, we should be getting it late July, early August as a population. Mm-hmm. Um, the first batches, that is, and it's only positives. Um, the people that get vaccines, it they they act as buffers. Um, the herd immunity acts very good in the sense that not everyone needs to get it. Uh, I think the number is like 95% and then the rest act like buffers. Um, and that's a lot of people, don't get me wrong. But if vaccines can work in tandem with social distancing and hand washing and masks, it won't eradicate it. I don't think it will be eradicated. However, it is going to bring us back to a normal. And I think it's going to just become a new flu shot. I really do. Mm, yeah um sad it it is sad it is sad um but there is people that are the best in their field working on it and i've got full faith in them yeah i mean we australia have handled it in in comparison to the rest of the world we have handled it very well so yeah, I guess we always people always knock Dan Andrews and and give him a hard time, but you know he's 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 kind of stepped up in in that regard. And yeah, we we're going to see some sort of normality in 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 the near future. So yeah, ah, it's, yeah, it's awesome. So. It's definitely awesome. Cool. The fingers the fingers are crossed. <laughs> All right, Angus. Uh, I might end the show here. Um, oh, good. It's been a pleasure speaking with you, and I ho- I wish you all the best in your uh, endeavors. And thank you very much. No worries. All right. Well, um, thanks for listening, guys, and enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you. Thank you.